Welcome to the new Cyber Frontier, bringing you the latest news, trends, and hottest topics that focus on advances in cybersecurity and cyber industry economics. Our expert yet down-to-earth hosts make cybersecurity straightforward. They ask the tough questions and make this challenging topic something that everyone can understand. Our candid approach lets guests open up on topics we would all like to see addressed. You can find us on the web at newcyberfrontier.com. That's www.newcyberfrontier.com. Now join today's host as he introduces the topic for today's New Cyber Frontier. Welcome to today's episode of New Cyber Frontier. On today, we're talking to Garrett Grayjack, who is a identity innovator and product creator. His company, Uatest, something like 15 patents, quite impressive uh, in cybersecurity there, Garrett. Yes, that, that is true. And yes, they got it right, product creator. Product Got a new creator. one I can even talk about today. I, I like that because I love I love people who who design, create something from the ground up, something new, innovative. Myself, that's my passion as well. Fantastic. Yeah. So give us your your background. How did you get to to where you're at? Um, started as a programmer, which I highly recommend people if you're going to be create anything, become the SME, become the subject matter expert, and did programming out of a brilliant town, Austin, Texas, for 10 years. University of Texas graduate. And I do say Austin because that's where my brain works. The beautiful thing about growing up in, in Austin, the 80s and the 90s, went to school down there and then stayed and programmed for 10 years, is someone would have an idea. And it was so cheap in Austin at the time. You know, I was paying $200 in rent. I say, let's go. Let's do it. Let's mm-hmm. do it. It wasn't where, unfortunately, where a lot of the enterprises, where the creativity in Northern Cal, et cetera, where it's so expensive that it's like, hold it. Well, who's backing you? How much funding do you have? And that's what I always look for in people is like, okay, you have an idea. Can we talk about the idea first before you talk about your business plans and capitalization, et cetera, et cetera? You know what, though? That's not the traditional thing because being in a startup myself, um, the topic of who's investing, what, wh- where's the money come from, seems to be front and center now. And it's It less is front and center. Effort. And it's, I, I, it, it drives my brain crazy. Yeah. And they, basically I, they want a, a three-year out as well. Yeah. Whereas I, I'm still a believer and have seen it in my own life that if the idea is really good, if it can stand on itself and then flesh out the idea. How the number one question us as inventors have to answer, have to be an answer is the same thing the investor is going to ask you. Okay, sure, I like the idea. I, I, I do see the market, but why you? What are you bringing to the table that allows you to do this? What what is unique? And and the answer is there. It's not a, it's not a you know it's not a setup question to knock you down. It's like hold it, just be ready to answer that. Mm-hmm. I can create this product because this is my background. These are the people I know. This is where I failed. This this and this. And I realize that if I make this change now, I can create this. Okay, great. Once you have that and that story's there, there are investors aren't the worst people in the world. If you can hold up to that that kind of uh, simple scrutiny you will find investors yeah so one thing i see with with investors is curious what your thoughts on this is the the like we said the three they're looking for a three-year turn but cybersecurity is not traditionally a high there's not a lot of people that jump on board it's a 
niche market. And it doesn't, other than being socially kind of desirable responsibility, it doesn't draw like a an app that you put out for a game that gets a, a million downloads in a year. How do you compete with that? How do you make that pitch? The, 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 and and Christopher, I would start by maybe early on actually disagreeing, okay, in a okay. good way, right? If you dedicate yourself to the cybersecurity field, there is a circle of people constantly talking, constantly working with each other, and then you will be in that world of the people who are interested in products, etc. It's like everything else. We are. Our worlds now, we all live in these little compartments. And just make yourself a name in that compartment and people will know of you. And then you will be able to attract investment as a SME in your field. And even even the concept of cybersecurity, it's like, well, what are we securing? Are you securing devices? Are you a data security? Are you an access management person? Are you an identity security? And you have to you have to become the subject matter expert on that particular area. And then not only will you be able to get an audience, people will come to you for your opinion on, on and and your your guidance. Awesome. Let's take a break. Here from our sponsors. Be right back. Cyber Resilience Institute helps build strong cyber communities designed to prevent members from attack. Like building a neighborhood watch, it takes coordination and a sharing community to protect our identities and valuables in the virtual world. Typically, we hear that organizations know they need to do something to protect their cyber assets, but don't know where to begin. Let Cyber Resilience Institute help your community create an action plan. Cyber Resilience Institute will build your community or business marketplace so that it is designed to support a collective cyber defense. Contact them for more information at cyberresilienceinstitute.org. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today with Garrett Grayjack, uh, and he's a certified ethical hacker. I don't think we talked about that earlier, but a developer, designer, making something new. Love, love it, love it. And... Um, we were talking before in the break, the t- typical questions, the things that investors arise when you're bringing into a, a startup with a new product and everything. But now let's talk about, you know, where is the biggest need? You obviously have found something that you're passionate about, you're moving into. Where's that lay? Where are you focused now and what's the, the, the needs? Uh, th- that's great. Um, what really is needed right now is compliance tools. And wow, I just lost 99% of my audience because who the <laughs> hell wanted to hear that? What, what is a compliance tool? Garrett, I want to create the double uh, nose twitch authentication that, that recognizes me and my blood type and whatever. Okay, that is, that is true. And I do, like you said, 15 patents and authentication and single sign and all those. Okay, what is really holding up products and releases in enterprises, it's not the technology, it's not the authentication, it's not the single sign-on, it's not the provisioning, it's the actual compliance and approval process of applications. People, we got a great example we all can look at, right? It's called the COVID-19 immunizations, right? It's not, they had to waive all these standard compliance and, and, and authorization procedures to get it out the door, 
right? It's not to say there's technology, and that's a unique case. In the normal case of what we have is enterprises want to release functionality, they want to release new features or whatever, but what's holding them back is the regulations and the actual mechanisms the enterprises have to meet those regulations. And then I'll tell you why this is. <laughs> so, so, so qu question we think of so often I hear this come out from people is we spend all of our cybersecurity dollars on meeting the regulation, making compliance, checking the box, and we're not doing any moving forward. Um, there's a, there's a, a um, something I had in my last product. I, I created a product that was completely novel, new, and then had to um, do a business plan for it for a company called Silence that bought, got bought by BlackBerry. The identity management products, total sale of those things were somewhere around eight to $10 billion, which is a pretty good number. Okay. The audit and identity governance around those was between 12 and $20 billion. And you're like, well, hold, hold it. What, what are those products? Well, there are a few products in there. What there really are is a lot of services. Mm -hmm. And I'm not calling anyone out here, but there's a lot of money in compliance that has nothing to do with product. It has everything to do with the massive service dollars that the, uh, the big SIs charge. So okay? it's just people on the ground doing the work. People on the ground doing manual procedures to audit an enterprise. Auditing mm -hmm. an enterprise is a hugely expensive tax. Now, we all know there was good reasons for, you know, Sarbanes-Oxley, et cetera, et cetera, the hacks, whatever. But you have to remember, who wrote those regulations? Who wrote those regulations were the SIs. The on-the-ground okay? auditors, yeah. Yes. And they're saying, okay, enterprises, you, you misbehaved. I'm going to work with the senators. We're going to have this regulation. And it's with us. And it isn't just America anymore. I mean, I'm working with Japan. They got JSOX. And then the other enterprises copied us. Okay, there is the, those, those regulations and those compliance measures do not, explicitly do not, and for good purpose, call out technology. What they call about is practices and procedures, which are very vague. And then you have a very time-consuming process to show that you're meeting the practices, procedures. So you're not hearing wrong when people say, wow, I'd like to address my security concerns, but I'm really huge amount about it meeting my compliance measures. Well, guys, maybe we should be look at not what we have to do because that's not going to change. Compliance measures are this. We're in a regulated economy. We're in a regulated markets. I mean, if you're using IT, IT is built for the regulated markets. I don't care if it's your financial, healthcare, government, um, insurance, et cetera. Those are all regulated. Those all have heavy compliance. What we have to look at and reanalyze is how are we meeting these compliances and is our methods and practices a little bit outdated? And in every organization I go to, it is outdated. And the workers realize it's outdated but they're waiting for the innovators and the product people to come up something and help them. And what I've seen, just to extrapolate on this, what I've seen is that the real bright minds that come up with the really neat stuff, and there are fantastic authentication identity products out there, they're not working on compliance measures. 
they're working on that spotlight. They're working on, wow, I figured out the double nose switch. I figured out the, the retinal scan. I figured out how to, you know, solve, solve cross-site scripting through this uh, AI uh, mechanism that says rock and roll. But what about where the company's really spending their money? Because mm-hmm. they, 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 they integrate the wonderful new feature, right? And then the auditors come and slow the process in and say, okay, I need to see this log. I need to see this screenshot. I need to see these rules. I need to see these changes. And they're using basically 1980s mechanisms to, to do that. Mm-hmm. And that's what's costing industries a lot of money. And if we lower the cost of the compliance measures, we that then enterprises have more IT spend towards new solutions and new functionality. Mm-hmm. So as a new functionality, you know, creator, what's the biggest things you see stopping people? Say you come up with this great new compliance tool, you go in, companies say, yeah, it's great. What, what's, what's, what's the stop? The concept is we got to stop us identity, us creators have to stop the concept of net new, that we're so sold on our idea. We're sold, sold on our functionality that we don't bother to take the time and say, hold it, what do they already have existing and how do I integrate? How do I, one, fit into what they have and then complement, complement, collaborative, whatever. Rip and replace is insane for innovation. Mm-hmm. I get it. Garrett, that's what real innovation is. Okay, fine. Everyone wants to be Elon Musk. You're going to rip and replace the entire auto industry. But there's only one Elon Musk. And I know that sounds awful or whatever. But if you're an IT guy and you got your three buddies or six buddies and you're saying we're going to build something, okay, what are you going to do? You're going to tell someone you got to rip and replace their, their entire Microsoft Azure to work with you? You know? I mean, what's your chances of winning there? Or do you say, guys, I got it. The missing functionality is X. People are deploying this uh, in Y. And therefore, what I've developed is a mechanism to work with the existing APIs. And we can build out this feature that the world needs. And, well, it can be deployed like my last appointment, three minutes. Three minutes. That's pretty. Yes, three pretty. minutes, and it was very funny uh, thing because uh, the uh, the guy said, "Hold it, Garrett. Now I'm going to put you on the spot. This is your standard, you know, COVID nineteen type. You know, twelve people on the call, everyone, you know, looking at there, looking at each other, looking at their phones, and the guy goes, "Now, now, Garrett, you attest. Your reference call said the install was ten minutes, so I'm going to start the clock here and see if you're a liar." And we, you know, get the APIs going and voila, it integrates in three minutes. He goes, wow, you were a liar, but in a good way. And that's <laughs> that's how we have to be, guys. We have to recognize that people have day jobs that what the hardest part for us as innovators to remember is we're passionate what we do. We believe in our functionalities. And what's that old line? And I'm sure I'll screw it up. That what's the difference between an enthusiast and, and a uh, and a fanatic, right? Enthusiast won't. Um, uh, you can't change his mind, and a fanatic, you can't get him to change the topic. <laughs> well, that's what we are as innovators. We can't change the topic, but the people we're selling to are context switching, right? 
we've got 30 minutes. I got 30 minutes to talk to this guy about how <clears throat> I'm going to change his compliance uh, mechanisms. Okay, his next call is why he needs better doorstops, right? Because he's the CIO and they're not secure. And his, this, his third call is then a better email system. And his fourth call is a new mobile security package, right? I have to not only sell him on the concept of what I can do for him, but that what I invent for him will actually be deployable in his limited resources and his limited time. Yeah, let's take a break, hear from our sponsors. We'll be right back. Welcome back to New Cyber Frontier. On today, talking with Garrett Grayjack, um, and we were talking about innovation. And before the break, you got into the things that stop companies. And I loved your example of walking through a CIO's day and one call to the next. And your call, your product, your idea that takes three to six months to integrate has to back up with his install package on the next call. Yep, exactly. Yes. Yeah. We so, have Yes. So give some advice now for designers on how to get there. Perfect. Thanks. Okay, guys, the world's changed. I got a um I sack a Prusa I gotta do later today and I go, man, the world's one of four iterations, right? First of all, we went we had a single system. Even when I was in school at University of Texas, they had a few of these around the old IBM mainframes. Everything was there in the system. And it made sense. If you build something, you would go to that CIO and said, Hey, you got the IBM 360 running uh, this uh, operating system. I'm going to plug in here and it'll work. And the guy's like, All right, I can quantify that. That makes sense, right? Then what would happen? We went to distributed systems, distributed systems. And then we were like, Okay. I got one more distributed system for it and really did. That's what we did. We have this database, you have this email server, you have this, right? In the third phase of this, what we started to do is bring these together through tools, okay? Either third-party tools like the SSO players, your, your Octas, your Pings, your whatever, or what we did is, is, is really, and it's more like in a force phase, it says, hold it. What I'll do is I will just put these into a single container. I will AWS these things. I will buy into the Microsoft Azure platform. I will buy, buy into the Google Suite platform, and I will then add my products and functionality there. Okay, identity people, that's where we are. There's no, there's no IBM 360. There isn't these silo servers. What we actually have now is little fortress castles right and you ask the right questions what are you i'm an azure shop right well i'm an octa sso i'm i'm a uh, a google suites customer great once you learn what their customers are what their focus are think of your innovation and think how you can plug into their system you can save a lot 
of time in both ways. You can save a lot of time with your customer because he, he likes your idea, but he's like, I don't know how the hell he's going to implement this, right? Which means he starts looking at his phone, start uh, clicking pause on the Zoom and looking at something else. But if you can label yourself as to how you will integrate a system, you have his intention. And now the other one, team, this is something that's for us as innovators and product owners. You have to remember, most of the world is not. You know who works at these big companies? is partner people. They're looking for you. You make them look good, okay? So take your brilliance, take your functionality, right? And now make it work with that guy's stack. And then chase him down on LinkedIn and emails or whatever and say, listen, no, no, no. I can make you look good. Your enterprise is missing this functionality. I meet that functionality. And you know what they'll do for you? They'll do webinars. You. They'll help promote you. Right. So what you've done is you just answered that hardest business question. Okay, that's a great idea. How are you going to get this out into the market? Well, guess what? I'm going to get this into the market because I've identified a functional need that the silo needs, and I'm going to work with their partner program, and they're going to help me get in the market, and I'll save millions by one getting getting my initial customers, and two getting the word out. And I will be able to not only keep the attention of the of the CISO or the, or the uh, IT director that I'm talking to, but I'll also come up with ways to get this into the market faster and to lower my marketing cost. Interesting. So now let's talk. We we said here's how to do it: choosing partners. There's a couple. You know, if you're going to make a design for building off of Amazon, Google. Talk about how you would line up and choose that for what you're doing. Well, I'll talk, you know, we all only, I can talk exactly what I've did. In in the world I know very well, look me up, Garrett Gradex, single sign identity expert. The one, the enterprise that won in that space is a company called Okta, O-K-T-A, okay? Fantastic product. It is doing amazing work in single sign-in. They added 2FA, which is products I built, and I uh, competed with them, but I like what they have there. Now they're, they're going into provisioning lifecycle management. Okay, there's a feature they didn't have, identity governance. Here, what is identity governance? Well, you can take really intelligent people in identity and don't know what the hell identity governance is, so don't feel bad. What it basically identity governance says is, I don't want this to work. I don't really care if this works. That's not my, my what identity governance is. That's a different product. That's a different set of people. What I want to know is that I want a third party to be able to look at what you did and then quantify, quantify and normalize and understand and attest to everything that you did is legitimate and within the guidelines. Guys, that's a different product. That's a different space. That's a, it's a whole different set of people. And just to be real uh, platonic about this, what, what it is is pedantic about this is, is that the, the 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 product is is built and deployed by the IT group. The governance is usually by the CFO group or a contract um, external auditors. They are not concerned about how the wheels move. That's that's the that's the octa. That's your zero ID. That's your ping. That's your whatever. They care about what is actually done with it and the testing. Therefore, 
my V1 of our product I built, you attest, what I did is said, I will not create the wheel. What I will do is I will build all the workflow, all the GUIs, all the functionality to show who, what, and why those deployments were made, and I will leverage it off the Okta APIs. And not having to go into see, um, you know, Salesforce, Workday, Concur, all these agents that I would have to write otherwise, by going into Okta, I saved myself probably between 5 and $10 million in connectors. And then got my first customers by working with Okta. Now, the beautiful thing, my fellow uh, innovators, is what I did is abstract it out. Am I married to the Okta platform? Well, I've already built features that make it worth with non-Okta customers. And all I have to do is build an agent plugin and say, okay, and I get these calls all the time. I'm not an Okta customer. I would love this if this is a, a zero ID. Great. I'm looking into it. But that's what we, we do. We should intelligently build what's not there, build out the workflow, build out the functionality, make it deploy quickly, get our prototypes out, get our first customers out there, and then expand that way. Interesting. Um, deploy quickly. I know something we talked about earlier. What would be something that you would strive for that would be acceptable to customers? I I think in today's society of literally I was running to to uh, uh, the office this morning. I had two things I had to take care of work. And then my son's like, Dad, I'm in this uh, music class. They got to have us uh, put in this app. Okay. Wait, that's how we are mentally learned and trained that things should be deployed. <laughs> we should be able to take apps from a store deploy them into an ecosystem, which is what I did, right? I bought, he was, it's an iPad. It was a, uh, um, a, I don't know what it was. It was a, some type of a, a music application. It deployed. I didn't even see it. I purchased it. And now he was, he was up and running, got his text on the way to work. Okay. We got to be thinking like that. Is that a challenge? Yeah. But so what? That's, that's reality. That's literally where we have to be with our products, and it's doable. We have gone from a from a world of silos and different stacks to a world of APIs. Mm-hmm. Take the time to understand where your product would have, and really do for your V1. Don't leave the API integration up to the customer. Yeah, that's your job. Is so, to do the, the V1s of the APIs, is to take the APIs, integrate it with your functionality, and do it in a way that can be deployed and they can see results in a day. Awesome. So, as we're kind of uh, getting toward the end of our time, um, I'm going to give you the opportunity what, you know, talk about what your need for your company, what you're working on, who you would like to reach out to you. Uh, maybe what products you offer. I, I love it. Thanks for the, for the opportunity. So I built a compliance tool, right? And what I did in my V1 is I I, I, I built out all the GUIs. I built out all the attestation. And, and to be real simple, it's the attestation of rules and policies. Just give me the data and I give a third party look at it. Okay, friends, there's a thousand compliance things that I have no idea. I thought I'd call the other way in a brilliant way with, the, with uh, England. And they're like, oh, we can use that product for the NHS. I don't even know what the NHS is. That was Natural Healthcare Service, right? And they say that all the products, 
that get shipped to the providers, to the medical providers, need to be attested to that they're not being wasted and how they whatever. Okay, I can get my brain around that. I got to take my compliance tool, which is basically an auditing tool, and then understand their APIs and plug into those systems. I know there's a thousand systems out there. I know there's stuff going on in the oil industry. Garrett, we have to certify all the pipes. I know there's things in the financial industry. We've got to certify all the transactions. I know there's in the healthcare. We got to certify all the backgrounds, all that. Okay, how do I take the data that's a manual process now and input that into my system? <clears throat> that's what I'm looking for. Mm-hmm. All right, how would somebody reach out to you, get a hold of you? Uh, best way is uh, look me up on LinkedIn, Garrett Grajek, G-R-A-J-E-K, or just write me at UATest, ggrajek at UATest.com. All right. It has been a pleasure. And thanks for sharing all your guidance with uh, innovators because we don't have that that often. And I like to hear that. Have a good day. though. All the best. Thank Bye. you. Thank you for listening to New Cyber Frontier. Remember to follow or like our post and circulate each new show to your networks. We keep you informed, bring you the latest news, explore new trends, and find the hottest topics. With New Cyber Frontier, you don't have to be a computer or cybersecurity expert, just get plugged in. We encourage you to get involved. Tell us what topics interest you and join our mailing lists. You can find us on the web at www.newcyberfrontier.com. That's newcyberfrontier.com. Check out our previous interviews and please let us know if there are any topics that you would like to hear discussed. See you next time on New Cyber Frontier.